This is Derek Moyer, and welcome to the Freedom Fighter Podcast. Welcome, friends, to this week's Freedom Fighter Podcast. We continue our series on overcoming the spirit of rejection this week. And we're really getting into the nitty gritty now of how do we overcome the intense emotional pain we feel when we're rejected. So this week I'm really uh, sharing some personal testimony of how this has been playing out in my life and how I've been getting the victory uh, through adjusting to uh, the the truths we've been learning. Uh, So be blessed guys. So Father we just worship with God this morning. God we praise you for this new day. We thank you. For the opportunity to share, God, uh, light, God, and uh, I just pray for, Lord, eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts that are willing to receive, God. We want to, uh, Lord, draw near to you, God, and you'll draw near to us, you've promised us, God. So we just, Lord, we we reach out in faith this morning, Lord, we keep reaching forward. Like like Paul said, God, knowing that we've already arrived or attained or already been made perfect, but this one thing we're doing is forgetting the things which are behind us. We're reaching and stretching forward. We're keeping seeking you, God. We know in the midst of whatever difficulties we're in, God, we know that, Lord, we've still got a choice to seek you. We've still got a choice to draw near to you. So we draw near this morning, God, with pure hearts, with a clean conscience, God. God, we thank you that, Lord, you'll reveal things for each person. God, you'll, you'll strengthen, encourage, uh, equip, empower. God, you'll bring life, God. Uh, a newness of life in each soul, God, today. They will find what they really need to hear, God, and for this day, for what they're going through, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So, I have got really, really good news this morning, I have to say. Um, We've been doing a series on overcoming the spirit of rejection. So, there is a bit of, you know, I, you know, I know like the the subject can be a bit, oh, don't know if I want to think about that. And, you know, it's it's painful. It's painful to think of the, you know, in our own, in our own situation, in our own circumstances, our own lives. But I have got, we have pushed through something. God has, I'm telling you, God has taken me to a place with this, that I'm going, this is so helpful, so, so beneficial. And basically, what, my, what I was praying was, God, how can I speak about overcoming the spirit of rejection? How can I speak authoritatively about it? Um, and he uh, allowed me to go through something in the last couple of weeks, which showed me the reality of this. And uh, we talk about God being interested in healing us. He's interested in bringing us back to restoring us to a place of our worth and acceptance, being secure in him. But he also wants to restore us to victoriously respond to the intense emotional pain we experience when somebody rejects us. When somebody says to us, you're just no right. We don't want you. We don't want what you've got. Um, so the next few weeks, it's really going to be shouting ground to get to the point of, where do how do we overcome this? How do we overcome without reverting back to our old defence mechanisms, our old self-protecting patterns? 
you know, we're walking with God, we're walking with in his love and his victory through this. So I'm just going to share a wee bit, and it's really it's really my own reflections of what happened with me. <laughs> um because we've talked about the spirit of rejection. We've talked about what it, what the spirit of rejection is when your identity has been formed on a shaky foundation, a wrong foundation, and your your really your worth and value are be, it's all always based upon how others respond to you. So if if people are in the right way, we don't feel right, you know. So we went over that. But as we progress, you know, we have to we have to see the for for me personally. I know it maybe be different for some of you listening, but. You know, for me personally, it's not always going to have to be about oh, how I deal with what happens to me. <laughs> you know, there has to be the stage where you're going, how do I respond when somebody's clearly not in the right place themselves? And, the, the, you know, you're able to process that and see that that is an area of something that I need to be saying, this is giving me victory when I can actually not defend myself. When I can, uh, you know, no revert back to the old ways of dealing with things and stay behind the walls that have protected me for so long, you know. So that's where we want to go with how how we get this, you know, really overcome. And so, how do you cope when you're rejected? How do you cope when that deep emotional pain, that intense emotional pain, is produced? By somebody, no appreciating you, uh, no no um, valuing what you're saying, or no listening to you, no receiving you. What patterns are in your life to cope? When we were away in uh, holiday there, something came up for me, and I was reading a chapter on Joyce Meyer's book on it, and how much it exposed me was unreal, <laughs> right? So how, how do you uh, protect and, you know, guard yourself from pain? She talked about some patterns. One was inner vows, one was pretense, one was self-defence, one was verbal defence, and another was buying protection. And it was like these uh, explanations broke it down so much to, to the point where you're looking at yourself going, is that how I respond? And she's so honest. If you've, if you've listened to Joyce Meyer and read her, you know how emotionally honest she is about herself. She talks openly about her marriage. She talks openly about, you know, how how, she, how she's responded to her husband uh, when things have went wrong. So this was like my opportunity to, to see how do I respond when, when there's a misunderstanding. And unfortunately for me, it was like the self-defence. You know, when I look at my life and I look at how I've responded in the past, there's been defend yourself. She quoted this. When people hurt you, we can defend ourselves with anger, with criticism. We sit the individual down, we try to correct and teach them, explain how they should live so they don't reject us and make us feel pain. Joyce quoted this, she says, defending ourselves with anger, we say, you hurt me, so I'm going to get mad. I'm going to deflect the pain by getting mad at you. I'll make you more miserable than you're making me. 
you're hurting me, so I'll hurt you back. <laughs> so, you know, that in my past has been a, that, that was a pattern that instead of recognising where the person's at who's, who's uh, causing the pain or cause, uh, reacting in a certain place, that protection pattern for me was, was formed early on. So, which your which one of your protection patterns? Is it inner vows? Is it protecting ourselves by saying I'm never going to be controlled by MD again? I'm going to run my own life for now on. Nobody's ever going to tell me what to do. Do we close ourselves off by being unwilling to take correction because we've been hurt in the past? We've been, you know, the walls are up. Or is it pretense? Another cracking description of the pain comes up. Some happens and we just deny it. It's too painful. I don't want to. I, I don't want to uh, admit that. Verbal defence. Personally, I reflect my own life. I think it took me thirty some years. I I had that experience not that long ago, where people were saying things about me, and I felt, do not say a thing. See the freedom and the the relief I had in that not, not needing to defend yourself verbally. Think about Jesus in First Peter. When he was reviled, when people were ver- verbally abusing him, he didn't respond. He didn't revile and return. Or we buy protection. We treat people so kindly and nicely, trying to win their affection. And uh, we try and protect ourselves. So... How we get a victory over that is identifying for ourselves. Here's what I do. You know, we're in this year of cultivation. We're in a hard place, been in the house all the time, losing all our different coping mechanisms as such, you know. And, you know you're, you're having to cultivate yourself. You're having to process your life and find how do I deal with what's going on with me. And uh, that question about how, what, what's been aware of myself, What's going on? How am I coping? Where am I really at? Another great thing that came up for me when I was away was cast your care onto God. <laughs> oh boy. I mean, we could quote all these scriptures, but oh, how how sweet was that and the, the reality of, are you doing this? Would you say you're a person who easily lets go of things? When uh, Psalm fifty five twenty two talked about casting your burden on the Lord, and He will sustain you. He'll never permit the righteous to be moved. When you cast something off, you have to throw it, you have to launch it, you have to send it somewhere else forcibly. And He says, "Cast what your burdens, these heavy weights that you carry about with you, they are pr- things that oppress and trouble you and cause tr- cause you trouble." The things that causes the hardship and the distress cast it onto God I'm just I'm just developing in these things but this uh, casting th- people onto God when you think it's your job to fix them <laughs> what a slap in the face that was for me it was like when we were away we were reading this book and uh, it was like how how important is it that you allow God to do his work. But when you're operating out of a 
reacting and protecting and defending yourself. And I know we're not perfect in it, but when we're operating out of that, we make the situation worse. Instead of cast my care onto God, I will stay in faith, I will keep uh, loving, I will keep believing, I will keep trusting God to, to uh, do his work in the other person. So he says sustain you in Psalm 55. The word sustain is to keep, to strengthen, to support you physically or mentally, to comfort you, to encourage you, to give you the strength to carry on. And you think, when all, when these blows come in, especially the accumulation of blows, with lockdown, with disappointment, with feeling like I'm not getting to do everything I, sh- I like to do, and I'm not feeling as upbeat and light in my spirit. And these wee things can 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 build up and, and irritate us and the wee things that usually wouldn't even bother us are, are uh, building up and, and accumulating and making us less able to cope. Cast it onto God. And he will sustain us. He will strengthen us. Support us mentally and physically. And he says, he will never allow and never permit the righteous to be moved. I love this. To, to be moved is to waver, to slip to shake, to fall. It's to influence and prompt somebody to do something. And we know when we're under the weight of the care of pain, of offence, of hurt, irritation, we can end up doing things and reacting out of that place. So God's amazing, uh, um, you know, advice to us is, cast it onto me. Will you trust me with that individual? Will you let me be God to them? Will you let me lead them? Will you let me guide them? So I'm preparing to, to be studying these things and my wee devotional the very day was about dropping your burdens. One, two or two wee tiny paragraphs. Drop them and then singing in free you can go on your way rejoicing. <laughs> you think, oh my gosh. Can I, that singing in free, you know, and like just in lockdown, people are, you know, I've, I've connected with some folk and they're going, just folk are just dis- disconnecting because of this Zoom and well, it's not the same when you're meeting somebody face to face. So there's even that lack of connection, physical connection, it can just, just there's something special about that, meeting others who just, it just the fellowship of it, the connection of it, just it, it leads, it releases something in us. I know that when we were away, we were away last week, and it was night and day a difference. Me, you know, being uh, in God's presence with somebody else every day, uh, you know, outside, it was beautiful. The wee devotion says, encumbered with them, you will fall. So drop them at my feet, knowing surely that I will lift them and deal with each one as is truly best. So as I say, when I was away, it's like, you know, when you're coming from a place of irritation or hurt and pain and and you need to make it right, when the best thing we can learn to do is say, God, I need to rely upon you here. I need to uh, drop this, abandon and discontinue with this emotional feelings and reactions and, Stop associating with it. <laughs> Be able to say I drop this. 
I drop it at your feet, and I trust you to um, to deal with it. So that's good news, isn't it? That's great news. So we we come back, and when we were away, Linda was watching with Daniel uh, Mary Poppins, and uh, there's a movie about it called uh, Saving Mister Banks. So I don't know who if you're familiar. Uh, with the with the with the story and the, the author of Mary Poppins and then the the process that the the Walt Disney went through to get uh, her agreement to make a movie about it and especially a musical movie and uh, the movie honestly it touched me so much and I I had to identify what was going on for me while watching this movie what what was actually what was the movie saying Vince we, we quoted we, we read out the front of a book yesterday and Vince uh, quoted a, a quote it was in Leanne Payne's book Restoring the Christian Soul and he said pastoral care is defective unless it can deal thoroughly with the evils we have suffered as well as the sins we have committed beautiful death I'll read it again pastoral care is defective it's not going to work very well, unless it can deal thoroughly with the evils we have suffered, as well as the sins we have committed. That one line explains, in a sense, you know what I was experiencing for watching the movie, saving Mister Banks. The long and short is, her name's P. L. Travers, but she's actually taken her father's name. Her name was Helen Goff. And uh, she writes this book, Mary Poppins, a series of books, because, in a, in a sense, it was to process and cope with what had happened to her as a child. Her dad dies of a terminal illness. He ends up uh, running to alcohol to cope. And she goes through this pain of losing her father and internalising it as it was something to do with her. She let him down. It was her fault in some way. Her mum's uh, sister comes... And she was meant to fix everything. She was Mary Poppins, meant to be. But she didn't, the dad dies. It's a sad, sad ending. So she writes this book, Mary Poppins, um, and, you know, she doesn't have the same ending in the book. But what you see in the movie, Saving Mr. Banks, is the process that P.L. Travers went through with Walt Disney, who was trying to allow her to let go of her story, her clinginess to what happened to her. There's a beautiful scene when she was so difficult, so proud, so stubborn in a lot of ways to deal with. But Walt sees eventually what the real problem was. And he sees that this was about this lady wishing that her dad was saved, her dad was redeemed, her dad changed. He didn't remain the way he was. She had such issues with having happy endings because she, she she accused Walt Disney of you just sugarcoat everything. You're just it's always good endings, right? But at the end of the movie, you're watching a lady who who allows somebody else to tell her story, and the story because it comes through somebody else's eyes brings such healing and relief to her. No, what am I saying that for? I feel the same. This is how God deals with us 
where the story of the rejection patterns in her life. She had this issue with happy endings. But, you know, I, I looked at this through the eyes of our relationship with God. And remember uh, Isaiah 52 and Romans 10, he talked about how beautiful on the mountain tops are the feet of those who bring good news, glad tidings of good things, who proclaim peace and proclaim salvation. You know, and, and I was saying to Linda when we watched it, emotional, it was edifying, it was encouraging, but it was like, that is what, that's this, that's this, that, that story just, it, it, you know, explains what God is trying to do with all of us. He's trying to help us process our lives and the stuff that happened to us and the stuff that is happening to us through his eyes. So that we get to a place where we're going, I'm not afraid of that anymore. Just because that happened to me once, I don't have to be afraid that that's going to keep reproducing. You know, I don't have to believe that my life's defined by this one situation or I need to keep expecting the same things to keep happening. You know, and I keep needing to reproduce it. In that movie, she had such issues with a, a happy ending. But with us, we, we have got a happy ending. As we walk with God, you know, we know that we have an eternal destination we're going to. No much, matter how much pain and suffering we experience on earth, looking at the things which are unseen, that God will turn all this stuff around for our good. As I go through it, and as I, as I have the courage to keep walking forward with him, and in this time, the cultivation of my heart, the cultivation of my life, you know, with whatever's been brought up in lockdown, with, with the, the different difficulties, the, you know, the things that, the, the things that have arisen for us, we trust God that uh, he will lead us to a, to a better place. So, let's pray. So, Father, we just worship you this morning. God, we thank you that, uh, that Lord, this, this is no accident to you. You've called us, oh God, to to um, go through things. You told us in this world you will have tribulations, you will have trials, you will have tests, but be of good cheer. I have overcame the world. And I thank you, Lord, that you, you want to show us how to overcome. Overcome the, the emotional pain we get through rejection. Overcome the way we've, we defend ourselves, we protect ourselves, the coping mechanisms, defence mechanisms, the patterns that we just feel so unable to break. You want to help us overcome that. You want to get us to a point where we see through different eyes, that we know our story's not been uh, just continually played out the same old way. We thank you that you called us to reach forward, Lord, to stretch and extend ourselves. God, that we will be altered and changed and adjusted as we reach forward with you. The promise that we will be able to experience life as you intended. So I pray for each heart of the day, God. I pray, God, as, as we think of these things and ponder them, God, that you, you uh, do promise us restoration, wholeness spiritually, mentally, physically. So I just claim that for each person today. I pray the joy of victory, the joy of overcoming, God, that, um, that, that that sense of 
being able to see this actually played out in their lives. Not just hear about it and think that's a nice wee message, but actually to experience that this is this is how I get the victory over these things. And I don't lose my joy and don't don't uh, you know allow my peace to be so shaken. Oh God. So we cast all our care on you today. We thank you for the promise that you will sustain us. We claim that sustaining power today. We cast every relationship, every care of the past, every care and trouble that we're, as we look forward to our futures. God, every difficulty we're going through, we put it into your hands today and we don't uh, quickly lift it back up. God, we let it go and trust you with it this day. In Jesus' name. Amen. This has been the Freedom Fighter Podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you want to connect with our services or you want more info or details about upcoming events, connect with us online at www.freedomfighter.life or drop us an email at info at freedomfighters.life. Until next time, God bless you.